2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring.
0: I'm your host, Sam the SLB. Alongside me, today, as always, the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation, it is Scott. Hey, buddy. How are we doing today?
1: We're doing. We're doing well. It, it it annoys me that we're so close to November already. Like, where the hell did this year go?
0: <laughs> yes, it is flying, flying by. We got full gear coming up in a couple weeks, followed by Survivor Series the weekend after that. Unfortunately, there's no more takeovers. WWE did confirm that they will not be having another takeover for the rest of the year, which is really upsetting. That means we get no war games. I know. But I know Halloween Havoc is coming up. So, guys, if you don't already do so, make sure you listen to Scott's Raw Review and SmackDown study that drops on Tuesdays and Saturdays, respectively. And also, we have a new contribution, like we mentioned. Scott has moved NXT solo Wednesday mornings. You can listen to the NXT narrative. I believe you did the go home show for Halloween Havoc this week.
1: I did, yes. And we're going full steam into Halloween Havoc this upcoming Tuesday, so it'll be very, very fun to watch. I'm very, I'm, I'm excited for it. Some pretty big matches on the card, and it'll be fun to cover it. It will be. It will be. So let's kick
0: things off. It's kind of, it's. I don't want to say it's been a slow week. A little slow week. Big news. But not a lot of news. But there's something I know Scott wanted to address that happened, I don't know, recently.
1: Yeah. Um, I kind of covered it a little bit in the SmackDown study, but that was because I didn't really know all the news or at least some more of the news. Um, the <laughs> I-, I-, <laughs> I called this, I don't know, weeks ago that after Crown Jewel that they would do the same type of thing they did last year when they had – the Raw tag team champions on SmackDown and the SmackDown tag team champions on Raw, they had to do this title switch and it was really dumb, done in the back, but it was like, whatever. I'm like, But I had this feeling that it would happen again. And lo and behold, it did. Charlotte being the Raw women's champion going over to SmackDown, Becky Lynch being the Raw women's champion going over to SmackDown. So I was like, all right, we're going to do another title switch and it's going to be another dumb segment and this is going to be terrible. But. Uh, WWE decided to up the ante this time, they decided to do it as the last segment of the show. And now this SmackDown was pretty decent. Um, pretty much on par for what it's been doing. But this whole segment was just weird and out of place. And uh, Sonny DeVille is out there as well. She's WWE official trying to get this under control. And it just, it looked like we were getting worked into a shoot. And I'm just like, what is going on? So come to find out some news leaked uh, Saturday morning um, that apparently Charlotte was concerned about this whole segment. She didn't want to make herself look weak and I believe Becky was kind of on the same boat, but not as upset about it. So, the I don't know I, I I don't know if you've watched at least parts of that segment or seen something going on, Sam. But the title exchange was weird. Like it was supposed to be the girls pretty much give the titles to one another. They had used some promos and off they go. But it wasn't that the titles get thrown on the floor and thrown at each other. I'm like, where the hell? Why is there so much disrespect going on for these titles? What the hell's going on? But come to find out, apparently over the last year, Charlotte has essentially alienated herself from pretty much everybody else and nobody wants to work with her anymore. And I'm like, oh, so she's being a flair. Okay.
0: Like, so. From what you're telling me, is her character has leaked into her personal life?
1: Or maybe vice versa.
0: <laughs>
1: this is interesting. Yeah. Um, I know, and, and to top it all off, um, there was a, a a tweet from Andrade that came out maybe an hour after Rampage went off the air that literally just said, F-U-W-W-E. And people thought maybe it was because of the, you know, what was happening during the main event of Rampage. But I have a sneaking suspicion it's because of what just happened at the end of SmackDown. So that's interesting. I, I I don't know how long Charlotte's uh, contract is for, but if things don't smooth themselves out, she's gone. That's and a big just, L. That's a big, yeah. But I also... If Charlotte is having this attitude problem, she needs to check it. Like, I get it. She's the most decorated women's wrestler in, in WWE's history. I get it. She's, she's earned it. She has. She's a phenomenal wrestler. She literally came out of nowhere. She didn't want to be a wrestler. Then when her brother died, she's like, all right, I'll do this for him. And now look at her. She's literally on top of the world. But the problem is, it seems like the ego that comes with that has arrived. <laughs> she's not able to keep it in check. She's trying. Uh, apparently, she tried to throw it on Becky, making blaming Becky. But Becky's like universally loved by everybody in the back. So mm-hmm. Charlotte's, you know, seems to be, you know, making herself out to be the uh, the black sheep of this whole thing, and it it kind of sucks because WWE has been dropping the ball on a lot of people lately, as as we know, <laughs> and we've mm-hmm. talked about. And I feel like this one could honestly be one of probably, <laughs> one of the biggest losses that they can ever take.
0: Could you imagine if things don't smooth over and she leaves? Imagine the damage that could do. And I don't... I'm not going to say, oh, she go to AEW. But even still, she can go anywhere. And she's... It's different, Okay. The men's rosters are inflated, very inflated. There's a lot of them. And there's a lot of female talent out there as well. But the ones who have superstardom like that. Yeah. She's guaranteed money anywhere she goes.
1: Yep. The, The only thing that I wonder is, does she have the rights to the name? Because if she doesn't, she'll have to maybe go as herself or make up a whole brand new name. She's going to Charlotte. She could just go with Charlotte, correct. Do the um, Cody Rhodes thing for a while. Yeah. But I guarantee WWE will never let go of the word of the name Flair. Never. Because they know.
0: But with her father being who her father is, I wouldn't be surprised if he was like, That's ours. You don't you don't get to keep that is ours.
1: It all depends on how. How much, how involved he was during her contract, because you know, WWE, WWE likes to do that. They like to slide in and say, Hey, we want to copyright your name, and we're going to keep that copyright after you leave. They tried to do it to Adam Cole, but Adam Cole was smart enough to say, No, 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 you can use it while I'm here. But the moment I leave, you don't have a damn thing to say about it.
0: I think, it, I think AJ Styles did something similar too. Probably. They, even at one point, they were talking about changing his name. Triple H and I talked about it, but the problem is they could the biggest reason they decided against it wasn't because, I mean, AJ Styles is the popular name, which would be dumb. That's like Hulk Hogan going from AWA to the WWF. And oh, we're gonna change the name to I don't know, Clark Kent. Like <laughs> right. Fucking Bruce Prichard needs to learn good names. Anyways, um, that aside, the biggest reason was because AJ Styles has the huge AJ tattoo on his side.
1: So Makes you sense. can't
0: change the man's name.
1: Unless they stay within the AJ's, but they get, and they have to get rid of Styles. but that wouldn't, that would be dumb.
0: Yeah. So it'll be interesting. And we've talked about with Braun Strowman. We've talked about it with Bray Wyatt. There's a lot of cracks in this company right now.
1: And they're showing and they're continuing to grow, which as a longtime fan, it's sad to see, but I kind of expected at some point, and unfortunately, it's happening now. While the other wrestling companies are gobbling up all the, all the the extras and growing, so maybe this yeah. is maybe, maybe maybe this is done on purpose. Maybe Nick Khan is is working for the people.
0: Maybe maybe he's a
1: sleeper, or
0: maybe they're really playing out this angle and making it feel legit. I don't know. You
1: know that would be also, a Vince McMahon thing to do. <laughs>
0: It's all speculation. You know what? As my, It's tough. Even with social media. It's really tough. And, and like I said, we got some Frankenstein version of kayfabe. We have for a while.
2: Mm.
0: Like, it's not like, you know, is it real? Is it not? They said on Twitter, yeah, they could be doing a shoot. True. But I also heard they really don't like each other backstage. So is it a shoot? So it's like the lines are blurred. K Fabs kind
2: of alive, kind in
1: of a sense. Yeah, it's it's morphed into a new version of itself. It had to evolve. Which, when I talk about
0: kayfabe, we're gonna jump right now over to the G One Climax Finals, which I did watch. Um, Kazuchika Okada is gonna headline the Tokyo Dome.
2: Let's go! He's
0: gonna headline. I watched his match with Jeff Cobb. Um. I don't know if I watched... The, I did not watch Abushi's match with Kenta. However, however, the only reason... And I don't know if Kazuska was supposed to win this match. Because like I mentioned to you, and you can find it all online, um, Ibushi did a phoenix splash
2: off the top rope. And I believe broke his arm. Mm. And people are arguing
0: again, these are people online and I will just present all the information out there. People online are arguing. This could be a work. This could be a work because you can't have a Bushi or Okada. I mean, tech. Yeah. Okada won, but it was by ref stoppage. So he won, but Bushi didn't technically lose.
1: That's true. However, that's true. I remember you telling me that I was like, Oh man, like how did they end it? But no, that's the ref stoppage. Yes. You could. Ooh. Now, Keep in mind, I'm going to give you the details where I don't think this is a work, where this is legit.
0: First and foremost, when this happens, there is still like a good half hour, 45 minutes on the event on New Japan World. (laughs) So you still have a lot of space. And I was like, look, whenever I've seen this happen, and you can look at like the time, you know, you maybe you'll get most 20 minutes. I'll give 20. Because, okay, maybe somebody's going to cut a promo. Maybe somebody runs in. Maybe they're going to do some weird finish now. So we'll we'll give it 20. That's very pushing it, but probably 10. Half hour, 45 minutes? That's a lot. Second of all, after he fell, the ref came in. A couple people ran in. They called Okada the winner after Red Shoes called it. The music played. And they had the camera on Okada for a good, like, three or four minutes on him. Not even on abushi. I've seen these worked injuries before where, oh, he's hurt. Look, and he's in the ring. There was like fifteen people in that ring when abushi fell. Eesh. And then they finally panned out when they literally had him surrounded with everybody. And you know, even Okada, who got up at one point, is like leaning in there, talking to him, you know, making you know making sure he's okay. Yeah
2: you
0: No, know, abushi want to keep going. So unless New Japan is really stretching and really working this,
2: I highly doubt it. That sounds like out of their realm. But, I mean, imagine a triple threat match at the Tokyo Dome. I don't
0: know when the last time that has happened for a main event.
1: That's they. How often do they have triple threats in New Japan?
0: usually it's for the like maybe the IC title or the junior heavyweight title or the okay. tag titles never for the world championship that's always been it mono is. e mono
1: interesting
0: so they could go that route but anyways okada he's going at right now it's him and shingo takage for i believe night 1 at the tokyo dome at this moment <sighs> um and then somewhere in there kind of minor um I'm not sure if the, where this fell in. I don't know if it was the last night. It was during the finals. Katsuyuri Shibata returned and did like a five-minute exhibition with Zack Sabre Jr. Ooh. He's been out for a bit. I haven't watched this yet, but it's cool to see somebody come back. Um, I think he's been in L.A. training at the dojo over there, training the
2: people for Strong. Makes sense. But... We have a winner. We have a little over some, three months, a little under three months.
1: Some controversy to go with it. I like it. Oh
0: man. We're on the road to the Tokyo Dome Boys.
1: I know. Some good roads to be on, Sam.
0: Yeah, because right after that we got one our one of our other favorite roads, Scott.
1: Road to WrestleMania.
0: Yeah. So. Last but not least, this weekend then we had a GCW uh, Event war ready. I have not watched this yet, but I want to talk about this because the main event, I believe. What well, I don't know if it's the main event. Um, Minoru Suzuki took on a Nick Gage. Mm. Um, and there was a lot of act, a lot of crossover here. So the Briscoes actually were in this event and won the GCW tag titles. Shit, wow. Um, there were a couple other things I that was oh man, I let me see if I can find. I thought I had this up war ready. It's it's weird because you know when we started this we followed a lot of Ring of Honor we followed NWA a lot. Mm-hmm. Now GCW is almost like really knocking at the door right now.
1: Well they've gotten a lot of exposure lately um especially with like the whole uh, Nick Gage dark side of the Ring episodes and then Mark uh, Mac Cardona going in and winning the championship and him running with that whole uh What's the – I don't want to say gimmick, but uh, essentially his gimmick throughout, it was just – it was fantastic. It brought them a lot more exposure. So I'm glad that they're doing better and more people have more eyes on it because they were – for, like, the hardcoreest of hardcore fans, and now the casual fans starting to come in and be like, What's going on over here? Oh, light tubes, people are getting bl- they're bleeding everywhere. Oh, oh, hardcore, hardcore wrestling. Oh, okay,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, it's it's, it's exciting. I, I, at some point, I want to get involved and watch that kind of like MLW and kind of like ugh, not enough time, not enough time between this and film project. By the way, guys, I just to punch this, I've been working on some film projects. Mostly to promote my friend's uh, poetry book called uh, Secondhand Memories by Joseph Binaldi. Uh, we filmed the commercial. We posted it. I don't know who saw it. But we have another video dropping tomorrow. This one was more for me. I will say that. It was, you know, get some film and editing experience and hone my skills in. So we're going to drop it sometime tomorrow. Give or take above the ring time. I didn't even think about that when I was like, I was like oh, yeah, I'll just drop it Monday. I think that was our – we were just super excited for this. So mm. when it drops, we won't you know, we won't pin it. We'll make sure you guys still see above the ring, but make sure you watch these. I really would love to hear your
1: feedback. It was good. I I, I remember when you showed me the, the rough cut edit of it. I was – I liked it. I was impressed. Appreciate guys, that. Guys, I think you're going to really like this.
0: I'll have to show you something, Scott, that I did to the uh, – because I showed you the, the, the first cut. I made some adjustments on the final cut, so I want to show you some, which I, I'm very proud of. I'm super proud of. Nice. But that being said, let's talk about Saturday, Saturday night, October 23rd in Las Vegas, Nevada. Bound for glory coming on. I was originally going to do a solo podcast, but seeing that this was at 10 p.m. right after Dynamite. Whew, what a long night that was, right? Um, this was not a bad event.
2: This really was not. It felt slow at times. Um, and again, I think we go back to the crowds, the
0: crowd. I don't know what it is. They're just not they weren't receptive to some of these. But I'll go through some of these. We had mo almost every title changed hands.
1: Wow. So we reset. That's interesting.
0: First and foremost, Jordan Grace. Is the first ever impact digital media
2: champion and also the first ever triple crown impact champion. Wow! Yep. Think about that. They've been around that long, and now they have their first triple crown. She deserves it.
0: She, she's the next woman I want to see hold the Impact title.
2: Mm.
0: She'd be ki- incredible doing that.
1: I think that would be great.
0: And then imagine her and um Rachel Elring like for whatever reason split, and then they have a feud together. For the title oh. and whether Rachel wins or not, it doesn't. Um, it just I want I that would be cool so we kicked it off we had the inspiration make their debut kick off the live you know the event itself came out fought decay and won the titles. that's not something i saw happening night one fantastic i love and it i know they're gonna get a lot of heat for it but you know what i like scott i like heat whether it's it be down south or whether it be in wrestling you get mm. people all up in arms <laughs> uh following that we have the triple threat for the impact X division title match. Wow. Now I didn't realize this, but whoever, won all three contestants in this match, this would have been their first X division title.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: So I was like, that made it more exciting. I'm just like, Ooh, and guess what, Scott, we have a new X division champion. This was not, this was not the only feel good moment. Trey Miguel.
1: Nice. Won. He yes. fought.
0: You want to talk about baby faces in the long game. Trey Miguel is one of those. He just. He fights and fights and fights and oh, it was so good. All three members. I knew El Phantasma was not going to win it because, I mean, he's on loan by New Japan. Right. Um, so following that, we had.
2: You know, the tag match between Heath and Violent by Design, which. In the long run, Rhino came out. That's
0: right. Beauty and the Beast back.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Rhino during the promo after goes, Heath, you can tell kids Uncle Rhino's home. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was good. It was good. Uh, following that, we had the 20 wrestler intergender Call Your Shot Gauntlet match. Moose won last by eliminating Matt Cardona. But I want to mention some of these names because it opened up with Chris Sabin coming out. I'm like cool, Sabin's out, and he lasted a while. He didn't get eliminated till he was he was the 16th person eliminated. Wow. But he and Rocky Romero from New Japan, Roppongi 3K's manager and you know commentator for New Japan, came out. Um, we had Molina come out. We had the Kiss Demon. I was like, "What? Why, what?" I, I texted you. I'm like, I was like, Scott, is this is this the Kiss Demon from WCW?
1: <laughs> oh man. Which I didn't anybody realize... Anybody can show up in these things, and that's what I love about it. It's just anybody can come in for, you know, a few minutes to do something ridiculous.
0: And what I didn't realize here was that he, in particular, he actually did do a little stint with TNA a while back.
2: So this isn't his first rodeo with Okay, them. all right, all right. Um, Laredo Kid showed up. It was a good... energy. I'm just going over the names that... Um, We're
0: unique. Uh, One of my favorite moves was Brian Myers came out. Matt Cardona came out. And then later on, uh, like two picks later, Sam Beal came out to which Sam Beal eliminated Brian Myers.
1: Beautiful. I love it.
0: So we have a star in the making, guys. Yep. Like he's he's on his own now. He's he's going up there and I'm excited. But Moose ended up winning by pin pinfall or tap out. I don't remember. It looks like a pin. It was Penn. I'm thinking. T- oh, that's why I'll get to it in a minute. Um, so following that was the good brothers taking on Finjuice and Bullet Club members Chris Bay and Hikaleo. Chris Bay really feels like he's a bullet club member. Nice. I love Chris Bay. We've we've always you and I have been Chris Bay fans for a bit, but like he comes out and he has the stride, like he just like he has the black jacket, he just leans down like like cocky piece of shit. Like <laughs> You want to hate him, but you also like,
1: I like you, sir. I see you. I see you, Chris Bay. I see you. <laughs>
0: However, so interestingly enough, this is the only match where the titles did not change. The Good Brothers did retain. So I want to mention here, up until this point, um, my understanding, and this is rumored and I need more information. I saw something somewhere where after Bound for Glory, the AEW impact relationship is over. Supposedly. I don't know the details on it. Um, the question remains. so I will continue. But there are certain people who are still heavily involved. Like Christopher Daniels just went over there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Unless, you know, they give him a little more leeway. He's been there since day one. You know, TNA was what brought him up. Maybe he gets some leeway. Uh, Christian Cage was another one that was concerned. Um, which I don't. He's another one. He's been there for a while. He helped build TNA. Yep. I, I would almost say he was. I mean, yeah, he had his stint with WWE, but. They really pushed like when I'm watching the promos and then I realized the time frame when he went over there. It's kind of like Kurt Angle. I didn't realize first and foremost, Kurt Angle went over there around the same time and yep. he was like their inaugural champion. Like he was a big I didn't realize how big of a deal he was over there.
1: Yeah. yeah oh, my God. Kurt Angle's um, TNA run rivaled his WWE run. Like, honestly, like, the stuff that they I – was, I was actually able to watch TNA back then, and I got to see a, a good chunk of his career over there. The man was absolutely insane. Like, his rivalry with Samoa Joe, probably one of my favorites of all time. I have to go back
0: and find that kind of stuff oh, or, like, man. some summaries because I love – the certain things I see, especially with, like, now – you know, I'm seeing these guys later in their careers, like Samoa, like Christopher Daniels, like AJ Styles – but, like, when TNA was garbage, these were the guys who were the foundation and were pretty much what everyone was like, yeah, they're doing all this this bullshit, but these guys, yep. these guys here, they're like the MJF, the Darby Allens, the Jungle Boy of, like, their, that company.
1: Back then, absolutely, yes. Oh, my God, yes.
0: <laughs> so um, I'll be interested to see what happens in regards to – especially – so the Good Brothers is why I kind of bring this up. Because they're still heavily involved with the elite. But they're champions at impact. So unless they have some contract, which I can see it happen. I mean, Tony Khan is close enough to those guys where he can wiggle. Probably give some people some wiggle room. Right. And um, I would like to see the Good Brothers in AEW, but I like how they've been doing their thing on both shows. Like like they show up and they're almost like valets half the time to the bricks. But then when they're on impact... They're one of the most dominant teams in the company, if not some of the most dominant personalities in the company.
1: Right. And I and I think I read somewhere um, about that. And, I, and if I remember correctly, I, I don't think the Good Brothers have been at the last three Dynamites. So they've been noticeably absent.
0: I, yeah, I did see that. I did see that. And I have noticed that, too, because I, I know they're starting to. I don't know if that was with like the change going to Las Vegas or whatnot. I don't know what they're doing, but well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Mm. So next up another title change. Something that I'm not I'm not like super happy about, but I'm like when you watch the match, it was a great match. It was might be the best match of the night. It's got Mickey James not, taking on, defeating spread. Deanna Perazzo. Now, it was cool. The problem with matches like this, and I think you know exactly what I'm talking about here. Mm-hmm. I feel like every time we have a match like this where maybe a legend or whatever you want to call it wins against somebody like this, they're going to drop the title in two months. If that. Diana Perazzo was on fire. And she was on this. Uh, I mean, she was up there, but she found even an even taller mountain to climb. Yeah, I think kind of like what you and I have talked about, with like the MJF and sting angle. Deanna could have used this win as like more momentum. Yeah. I defeated a legend. Yeah. You can't touch me. I defeated the Mickey James for my title. Like the egos of some of these characters are what really makes them. Right. And Mickey James, I love Mickey James. She's great. She was good in the ring. But her baby, you know, she's a baby face and she's a legend. So in that, in that regard, you know, the run's not going to be that long. Right. This would have been a this would she would. Deanna Peraza would have been a passive the torch kind of person unless they're going to pass the torch over from Mickey James to somebody else.
1: But who else over there deserves the women's title besides Deanna Peraza? Honestly.
0: Um <laughs> uh, maybe Jordan Grace.
1: But Deanna's beaten her.
0: Yeah, you good point. Good point.
1: Um like, I don't, who's who the who's who of women that have gone through impact. Deonna's pretty much beaten them all. So, so, you
0: no, know, I know what you're saying because when I'm thinking about the women's roster, where AEW is continuously growing, NXT is continuously going growing, and this isn't knocking the women at all, in impact. But they're all they're, the the base level of the women there are all like here. Mm. There's no up and comers per se. Right. On top of it, Deonna's beaten most of them, which yeah. is what you're getting at. Yeah. That's like. You know, SmackDown, from, from my understanding, the women's roster's there, they've kind of been pretty consistent across the board. Everyone's almost, like, at the same level. Yeah. Not, like, in a bad way, but, like, the bar is set a little higher, yeah. and it's like, where's the new talent? Oh, they're still in NXT. Don't worry about them.
1: Yeah. They, they've kind of shifted things, actually, on both Raw and SmackDown with the women. Um, so there is some up-and-comers now. So it'll be interesting to see how they do it over there. But for for, for this, the only way I honestly see this whole thing work is if Deanna Purrazzo now becomes obsessed with Mickey James to take that title back. That's the only way I could really get see this work, because otherwise I feel like this is a lot of damage to Deanna Perrazzo that she doesn't necessarily need. And again, I'm not going to knock Mickey James either, because I, I love her. I think she's fantastic. What she's done for the women's division in any company she's been in has just been... It's well-documented, but I don't see the reason why a part-time wrestler, she's not a full-time wrestler anymore. She's buried in, you know, leading divisions for another company, mm-hmm. and she's now the Impact Women's Champion.
0: Now, you mentioned Obsessed, and I want to bring this up. Mickey James is not an Impact signed talent.
1: Correct. She
0: is technically signed with NWA. Now. Correct. Mickey's still going to do her thing there. Could you imagine Diana Purrazzo going to NWA and decimating that division?
1: I think it would be to, amazing. Just to I, make
0: a point. Yes.
1: I would be all for
0: it. But a couple scenarios too, Scott. I'm going to play a couple of these outfield. It would be cool for her to do the Kenny Omega equivalent. I'm going to go to NWA. I'm going to destroy a whole roster. And then I'm going to take that woman's title. Now we have two of them. Now you have no reason to give me my title back. So now she put, because remember she just won the triple a women's title. True. Which, I mean, that in itself is a whole nother thing. So yeah, she could get all three belts. There's that option. Or maybe that'd be amazing. (laughs) Or maybe, maybe due to the scheduling or whatnot, or maybe, maybe she wants to push more towards triple a. It's the only other thing I can think of. And again, possible. I'll take the look, long game. We'll see what happens in the long game. True. Like we will talk about this next match. Josh Alexander, Christian Cage for the Impact World Title. This match was exactly what you expected. It was good, hard hitting match. Good. I will say again, like I was, uh, Christian wasn't like my favorite in WWE, and yeah, he was you know legendary tag team with you know Edge and whatnot. Hmm. Outside of WWE, he has star power. Like, no, I'm a Christian fan now. I will say that. I will say that. I couldn't say that when he, you know, worked. And I'm not saying that because, I you know, WWE, no, 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 I'm just saying, like, he has the star power that is, like, untapped in WWE. And when he leaves, he feels like he's one of the, gu- like, one of the the, the guys.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: He's like, oh, yeah, Christian's on the r- roster. But Edge is main eventing. No, Chris- Christian's here to play fucking ball. So Josh and Christian, and they pushed Josh Alexander to the moon with these promos. He, he, it was like one of those things you wanted to cry, talk about bringing the belts home to his kids and whatnot. Man, it was it was a moment when he made him submit to he didn't make him he didn't pin him, he submitted him. That's beautiful. I love it. And it was incredible. His son came out to the ring, his wife came out to the ring. It was a feel good moment. And then Twitter blew
2: up. <laughs> because somebody decided to call their shot really early. Moose is your new Impact World Champion.
1: <laughs> Wait, <laughs> hold, on, hold on, hold on. Wait, hold you on. don't know this? Oh, no, no. I fell asleep before this main event was over. I didn't get your text this morning until well, till this morning. And I was just like. I just started to say, wow, but I didn't go on Twitter. I was just like, ah, we'll talk about it when we get to the, you know, the, yeah. the podcast today. I did not know that Moose called the shot, and holy Josh shit. Josh
0: Alexander won. Had the f- his family's in the ring, too. Moose <laughs> decimates him in one blow, <laughs> pins him, and takes the belt in front of his kid and his wife. Twitter is in an uproar right now about this.
1: <laughs> God damn it, I love Moose. Oh.
0: But... There's two things. I think there's a couple things we need we need to look at here. I'm gonna analyze this. Again, long game. First and foremost, my understanding is the same thing happened when Daniel Bryan won his first title. Oh. Somebody somebody said, and I'm you can correct me if I'm wrong. Where I think Randy Orton did the same thing to him when he won his first title. He didn't have his first title long.
1: When and he defeated John Cena uh, in probably one of my favorite SummerSlam matches, yes. Uh, Triple H, I believe, was the special guest ref. Um, yeah, Daniel won, and then Randy immediately cashed in Money in the Bank, and Triple H gave him pedigree in the middle of the ring. This is what started off Yesomania. So
2: we'll go off of that. and. Josh Alexander was already getting this baby face push, and he had it in his grasp.
0: And in a moment in front of his family, he was embarrassed and it was taken away from him. To me, this was incredible. I know some people like, can you believe that TNA is going almost longer than WCW exists? Shut the fuck up. Okay. (laughs) I thought this was brilliant because he had it. It was his and it was taken away from him. They want Josh Alexander to be not just the guy. They want him to be the next big thing. Yep. This is he is they're going to push him to the fucking moon. And what is going to happen next is going to be incredible, I believe.
1: Uh, uh, Yeah, that's amazing. I'm I cannot tell you. How happy I am that what's being set up now, I'm also very happy that Moose is the impact world champion because.
0: He deserves Moose. it. <laughs> yes. Now, this this is the thing. I'm gonna go back to Moose. We'll, we'll talk about him doing this. A lot of people are pissed off. This, I mean, Moose has, Moose has earned his right to get this. Yes, He's been working up for a long time. This goes back to the EC3 storyline. Yep. I will think back. I didn't watch wrestling in a long time, Scott. And then one day I'm like, oh, WrestleMania happened last night. I ended up doing a. Some, I, I got cancer on my computer, uh, you know, U-turn, and I downloaded WrestleMania 31, which I would argue is still a pretty solid WrestleMania. There's a lot of good content on that one. Yeah. I mean, and you got to keep in mind, I didn't watch WrestleMania since 22. Mm. So going 31 to 20, you look at nine years there, and that's my first exposure in a while. I say that was a good one. Had I seen like WrestleMania 32 or maybe 34, it would have been like. Run. But anyways, I will never forget the first time I watched that. This is great. This is great. This is great. And I'm not familiar with anybody. The only two people I was from, uh, I was familiar with a handful of people, but the main event comes on. I know Brock Lesnar and I had heard Roman Reigns before. I've heard of him from some other people. And some people are like, oh, I actually, I actually don't mind this character, this and that. This is like before they really were, really were pushing him. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching, I'm like, okay, okay. This you know, it's an all right match. And then the heist of the century happens and I, I, even myself was like, this is fucking bullshit. What? It, I'm like, you serious? That's not like what I, I actually lost my mind over it.
2: Looking back now, over 10 years now, at this point. It might be one of the best story arcs
0: to ever happen in one of the best WrestleMania moments to happen in the past 15 years.
1: Yeah. 30 and 31 for me uh, is probably two of the best back-to-back finishes to WrestleMania ever.
2: It just – it was one of those things where you were just like – in the long run, Brock didn't get pinned. So Correct. Brock was still protected. Seth Rollins looked like a monster now.
0: Oh, my God. Now, nobody can touch Rollins because he's, he's Triple H's guy. You know, so now it's like the corporate corporation. Was that what they would call it at the time?
1: Um, no, it was the authority,
0: the authority. Yeah. So they're in charge. Now they have the title and nothing. No storyline has ever been better than the anti-hero taking on the authority. Please see Vince McMahon Stone Cold. So this uh, I'm looking at it in this perspective, and this is the problem with a lot of people out there who are just jumping the gun. There is long-term storytelling, A. And B, in hindsight, this might be an incredible impact moment. They got people talking. This isn't Vince Russo doing this. Oh, Dixie Carter came out, and she took the belt, and now she's champion. What? Because she can. I don't know. But (laughs) I thought this was an okay pay-per-view. There were moments I was just kind of – even I was like, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. But I also watched AEW prior to that. And this went to 1 a.m. Eastern time.
2: So I think towards the
0: end – but, you know what, Nine ma- eight matches in three hours really isn't bad. That's true. That is true. You know, had it started at 8 o'clock, it would have been done by 11. So I think the timing works. But it's definitely worth a watch. Definitely take a look, see what you get out of it. I think we're we're at a turning point with this company, especially going to Vegas, especially new champion, especially mm. with uh, just, just a lot going
2: on. A lot going on. Definitely worth a watch. So... <sighs> I gotta give Scott credit
0: here. He took uh took most of the meat this week. That sounded really weird, but just <laughs> he took he t- he took most of what was going on this week. I can't say selfish. No, no, no. He you live tweeted dynamite, and he live tweeted rampage because I had prior obligations. And I do want to say. I know I'm getting off tangent. This is where I need oh sorry right. to come back. That's all right. Um. Saw Dune on Friday (sighs) at the IMAX.
2: Go see Dune.
0: I want part two. Go see Dune and we get the second half of this. Oh,
1: oh, I I watched it Saturday morning with literally zero percent idea of what was going on. I never read the books growing up. I really didn't follow the series that was on before or the 84 movie that now I have to watch because it's so bad. It's fantastic from what I've been hearing. Um, But I sat down and I watched this yesterday and I was just like, I need part two yesterday. (laughs) Give it to me. I need to know how this first book ends.
2: (laughs) And
0: hopefully they'll greenlit both part two and then the third movie which will probably be the second book but because they even I will not get into it I won't give any spoilers but there were some of those foreshadowing moments where uh Paul is having his visions there's a couple moments in there that actually go far enough into the second book so that being said let's stick with wrestling Scott we I watched Rampage the following morning this was a good episode of Rampage it was
2: um, kicked it off. Orange Cassidy taking on Powerhouse Hobbs. I didn't know what I was expecting of this one. Mm. I thought maybe
0: Powerhouse would have won. You know, give Team Taz the edge, but they actually gave this to Orange Cassidy.
1: They did. The crowd, or I should say the crowd, Twitter was not happy about this at all. Like They were, they were mad. They're like, Hobbs is getting just trashed and I'm like, yeah, I know, but you know they're teasing Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley. They've been teasing that for a while now, so you had to see this coming. And unfortunately, Hobbs was just the wrong place, wrong time opponent for Orange Cassidy.
0: Yep. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, there's always going to be people who are going to lose. You're never going to satisfy everybody. Right. Orange Cassidy is a huge star, and I, 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 Hobbs couldn't move forward, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, following that, we had Britt Baker finally take on Anna J with Get getting the win. And Ty coming out. I think we're starting to hint at what's going to happen here.
1: They actually do announce it during Dynamite. So at full gear, it's going to be Britt Baker versus Ty Conte. And we were just talking about having Ty get herself a title shot. Here we are. <laughs> yep, we
2: have... This, Kenny this and could... Hangman and
0: Ty in her circle and Men of the Year. In Okay, interesting. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll mm. be fun. I don't see Ty win. If she wins, I'll be shocked.
1: The...
2: She's more of a TBS champion right now. Yeah.
1: I could see that, but you never know. She may pull off that surprise victory, but there has to be some things that fall into place for that to for that to really go through. But this main event, Pac andrade mm-hmm. two, mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. very. <laughs> A lot of interesting things happen in this First off Pac gets the win Which I like because now it's 1-1 But it, what it's what happened afterwards
2: mm-hmm. That really
1: Was just like Things that make you go Hmm mm-hmm. So the match is over Pac wins The lights go out Lights come back on Malachi Black's in the ring. And I'm like, oh, shit. And what does he do? He sprays the mist at Pac and starts attacking Pac. But he doesn't attack Andrade. Hmm. He helps Andrade. Until Cody Rhodes comes out and attacks Malachi, and then they start fighting off into the nether. But... I, this is where a lot of people were thinking that the Fu wwe quote that i talked about earlier in this podcast from andrade was about because if you look all four member all four people in that ring at some point obviously all were in wwe
2: mm-hmm.
1: now they made eventing another the show but like i said i still lean towards the whole charlotte thing that was going on but this was a fantastic ending to Rampage. I, I really thoroughly enjoyed this. And it made me look forward to Dynamite even more. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it really set it up. Really set it up. Interestingly enough, I'm looking right here. I totally blanked. Alistair Black won the NXT title from Andrade at TakeOver New Orleans in 2018. So,
1: you think they'd be enemies, but yet here we are. Swerve, maybe. Nah, maybe.
0: We will see. We will see. I'm curious. Um. So yeah, rampage was good. Um. I think the other thing I want to bring up that we were talking about because uh, next week's dynamites in Boston. Yes. So they have. Advertisements for the show all over the place. No, sorry, they have advertised No, they've been they have advertisements for every other show. They're already advertising stuff in December. Yep. But the Boston show is like, oh yeah, next week we're in Boston. There is no graphic for this show. I know. They it just like, oh yeah, on like you know January thirty first, twenty twenty five, we're gonna be on the moon. <laughs> yeah, this match happened in Boston next week. It's weird. I don't know why we're not even talking about it.
1: I don't know. It's you, you'd think because Boston is another one of those towns that's been heavy WWE. You think them going into Boston, they'd want to mention that. Mm-hmm. Try to get that rub, try to pull some fans away. And I don't know. I'm even on the website right
0: now, and even they don't even mention Rampage
1: for Friday. They
0: just have AW Dynamite Boston, October twenty seventh, and just the AW logo and the TNT logo. It's weird. I don't know why. It doesn't sit well with me. But it's minor. I'm going to be in Boston for that show. So Scott will... Uh,
2: i live, live tweet, tweet that one
0: And I will live tweet Rampage. Or pre tape tweet Rampage.
2: <laughs> so, let's talk about what happened before Bound for Glory, shall we? Yes.
0: We kicked off the night with a match that... Let me tell you again, the man can go. Mm. And yes, Dustin Rhodes taking on Brian Danielson. First round match for the world title Eliminator tournament. This probably is was my most anticipated match this whole tournament already. Mm. Like, first and foremost, I know the more I watch Danielson, I don't think people realize how technical he actually is. Yeah. And how he's like a technical striker. Yes. I don't know if that was hindered when he, you know, went over to WWE. I know they have a different like setup where it's like, okay, you're going to have this move set and you're going to kind of work with that. Yeah. I would argue I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a claim here. I'm going to make a very radical claim. People can fight me. People can send me death threats. He might be up there with Bret Hart in terms of his technical prowess. Could you imagine Brian Danielson going head to head with Bret Hart back in the day?
1: Both in their prime, oh man That would have been that would have been right up there, I think, for me. like, I got into Brett towards the end, and honestly, and I know this might get some heat from people, but I was never the biggest Bret Hart fan at all. Now when I was young, I honestly really should go back and watch more of his matches to fully appreciate what he's done. Yeah. because I love technical wrestling. For me, growing up, my two most favorite technical wrestlers were Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko. Mm-hmm. Those two had matches that were absolutely insane. I didn't but get to see Stan a lot Ryan's of right up there.
2: Yeah, no,
0: I didn't. It's it's funny because like Dean Malenko is like the guy that everyone like. He's like the wrestlers wrestler. Yes. I didn't get to see a lot of him because by the time, you know, I started watching Dean had already kind of like went to the side, you know, but like, I mean, I was always a fan of Brett, Eddie Guerrero. Like we, I got to, that was when I got to see him. He was in his prime. He was, you hated him when you hated him and you loved him when you loved him. Yep. And of course, another one, I mean, partially for the namesake, because that's my last name plot twist. Um, Prior to certain events, um, I was a, I loved Benoit. Yeah, Benoit was Same. great. The guy, the guy had another one. He could have been a he could have been a legend. And there's also we'll even throw Owen in there. Imagine that oh, yeah. Owen never died, and imagine that Owen stayed around long enough for this renaissance mm. of tactical wrestling in WWE in like the early 2000s. Yep. Imagine the matches you could have had with Dean Malenko. Percy Percy Saturn, Ed Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Edge. Uh, I just, just the, the we could have seen some crazy crazy lineups. But going back to this, Brian Danielson, his technical skills are untouched. Mm-hmm. And Dustin Rhodes for being 50 years old. And at time he, he he can look stiff in certain moves, but for the most part, he's he's in his prime at fifty. I will right. say that he's the best he's ever looked. He's the he just he just this is this is what his career should have been across the board. They could have done this with Goldust somehow. They could have made him look good.
1: I I do I do particularly like a part during this match. You speak of Goldust, where he's got Brian in the corner. Punching him in the face gets to nine, and then in gold dust fashion, he does a. But instead, he goes nah, fuck it. Oh, I <laughs> gives him the that. double bird and punched him in the gay face for ten. I was just like, is he gonna do the the bite? Like what? But I just I, I I love the subtle callbacks. I was a little concerned about him though in the beginning of the match. I don't know if you noticed, but he seemed very slow. Like after he took a couple bumps from from Danielson, I was like, did he hurt his back? And like it seemed like the ref paid a little more attention to him. Even Danielson was kind of backing off a little bit more. It was I don't know. I thought maybe he might have tweaked something, and I was like, oh no, this this was supposed this this could have been this this, this supposed to be a great match. Oh god, maybe they're gonna have some pro- some type of an issue. But he seemed fine, so I don't know if maybe it was just precautionary. But I don't know for some reason, maybe like. I don't know, a few minutes in, I was a little worried for him.
0: Yeah. No, it, it, I, I know what you're talking about. It looked like it, but picked himself right back up, got yep. right into it, looked great, loved every moment of it. Uh, following that, we had our first TBS tournament match.
2: We did.
0: One of the first ones. Penelope Ford taking on Ruby Soho with Soho getting the win over Ford. And the bunny coming out afterwards, mm-hmm. um, attacking her, and then Red Velvet coming out, which I didn't see Red Velvet coming out, unless I've missed something, on Darker Elevation.
1: Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think. I had the championship uh, photo. Maybe Red Velvet's, the bunnies. Are, um... Let us take a look. Yep, 20. Red Velvet is the bunny's opponent, so that makes sense. Okay, okay. I didn't realize that until I just looked at the photo again. So, yeah, that's that that makes perfect sense, and why. There's an
0: alignment for you, Scott. I thought of it. This came off the tongue immediately the moment I saw it,
2: and I'm like, ruby red. Ooh. You get Taiji, and you could get ruby red. I like
0: it. Mm-hmm. Uh, thinking a little bit, thinking a little bit. Following that, we have Bobby Fish taking on Anthony Green.
1: <sighs> so good to see AG on TV again. Um, I actually I, I saw. I saw the post- tweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I put her on his Instagram. Um, I said it was fantastic to see him two weeks ago. We were a chaotic live, you know, in person, and now sitting at home watching him on uh, <laughs> watching him on uh, on Dynamite. On national television, it's just like, man, like what a life you lead! Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, it was cool. It
0: was really cool. Um, and this match was good. This was actually good. Bobby Fish is another one coming out of the woodwork here, where it's like, dude, you are just you are just a, almost like that UFC feel, almost
1: hard mm-hmm. striking kind of. That's the thing. Like that that's that was his thing in ROH, and then again he comes to WWE and it's completely minimized. Unfortunately, I think the injuries had a lot to do with that. Which it's really sad because I was really excited about Red Dragon coming to WWE and then Bobby was always hurt. It was like what the hell? (laughs) It sucked so much. But now to see him coming back to what he what he was before he got there is great. I was a little sad that obviously this was a you know a talent, you know, enhancement. Style match. AG did get some offense in, including his his famous uh bounce off the ropes and the crossbody, which I love that he still gets to do that in pretty much every single match. Um, but the crazy thing about this, after this match was over, Bobby Fish gets the win, he then continues to attack AG. I actually got a little angry at home, like legitimately angry. I was like, why? Why are you doing this? There's no yeah. reason <laughs> to do this. <laughs> CM Punk of all people comes out and saves AG from Bobby Fish. Now, obviously, we're gonna lead into now them having their own thing. But I'm just like, this man just got saved by CM Punk.
0: Yeah. Like what the fuck? <laughs> and that one, when they when they hinted at it, I'm like, oh cool, that'll be like a that'll be a full gear match. No. Guess what I'm seeing in Boston on Wednesday? Yup. <laughs> CM Punk taking on Bobby Fish.
1: <sighs> you son of a bitch,
0: you get to watch punk live Oh, it's so great that i think boston's gonna explode like mm. they're just for those of you who are not from the area boston fans may be some of those rabid fans
1: yes and especially, especially since it's aew
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's it was a place was rabid when i went when when the bucks were defeated by <clears throat> private party the Aghanis arena just exploded like yeah lost their minds Uh, Following that, we had what set up another match that's going to happen in Boston. I think for Rampage, they said. um, Lance Charger taking on Eddie Kingston with Eddie Kingston getting the win. Um, This one I know people were not too thrilled about.
1: Well, I mean, considering what happened, um, Lance trying to do, what was it? A, um... Was he trying to do a, um... Oh, the hell! What type of move? He was trying to he he did a a move off the top rope and he under rotated and he literally landed on his neck. Like yeah, that was yeah, some scary shit. That. They stopped them. They literally stopped the match for like three four minutes while Doc was trying to take care. I was trying to look over him. But I think Lance was like, "No, we're not going to have a rest stoppage. I'm going to finish this match." And the match ended literally four, four seconds later because Kingston rolled him up and got the win.
0: Which was probably cool the way to get it.
1: Yeah, um, I'm honestly, with a neck injury, I'm surprised he even took the roll-up because that puts more pressure on the neck. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So what I'm looking at here is I'm wondering if Lance should have won this one.
1: I think he was probably supposed to, but due to injury, obviously we have Kingston take it. Um, Lance did tweet afterwards saying that, you know, he'll live, he's fine, um, which is obviously a good news that he's – Okay, he was able to leave on his own power I think I saw somewhere um, But The promo that happened After this show That we, you and I talked about this morning Before we recorded this podcast mm-hmm. I'm all in for this match now All in, oh my god <laughs> That's another one I'm seeing so I know <laughs> I know You also get to see um, What is it Ten Versus John Moxley. Moxley. So, you bastard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now you got me wondering. I cannot find these cards anywhere. They don't really give it, make it easy to find these cards. If it's not like on their Facebook, the day of.
1: Yeah, it's it's on Twitter, but it gets buried quickly because they're talking about everything. But yeah, it's it's going to be good. Yeah, uh, got
0: Oh yeah. Sammy Guevara and ego Ethan page for the TNT title. Yes.
1: (sighs) get to see my boy, Ethan be a lot of fun. Um, the caveat for this was not the caveat, but the stipulations for this is kind of weird. It's like they have a 10 on 10 match at full gear, but if Sammy loses the TNT title to all ego, then he has to leave inner circle. So does that mean it's a five on four? It's kind of confusing. Thought about that after the fact. I was like, "Wait, that doesn't really make any sense."
0: <laughs> it's a little bit. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what see what happens. I think that might be one of those easy story points. Like, okay, he's not gonna leave. He's not gonna, or maybe he does, and they fuck with us. Maybe. Who knows? Um. Following that, we had Jungle Boy taking on Brandon Cutler, which was. I think this was more to build up the story between him and Cole.
1: Yes. And I and I, I can't I I cannot scream from the mountaintops enough how much I love this Jungle Boy versus Adam Cole storyline. Mhm. It's so good. And Jungle the fact Boy- that multiple people have to keep taking out Jungle Boy is just I love it. The
0: fact that like again, this is one of those stories where he's now he always felt like he was going to be a big star, but mm-hmm. this is this Everyone's gonna have their storyline, which drives them to the top. Yeah, and this is the one I'm feeling like he's just getting bigger. It's like Josh Alexander go back to Bound for Glory, yep. going into the match with Christian, he felt big. Now they lost against Moose in like two seconds. He feels already bigger. And the the road, most of the time, the journey is more exciting than the the arrival. True, true. So I cannot wait to see what happens and how this
2: uh, the climax on this particular feud. Um, so following that, we had. Let me, let me give a gripe here. We had Malachi Black, Cody Rhodes 3.
0: So I want to be clear on this. I know we refer to things as, oh, we're getting to see my favorite one, Omega Okada. You know, oh, this is a Omega Okada 3, Omega Okada 4. You know, this one is, you know, it kind of bothers me a little bit that they're numbering these feuds. It's like, oh, Black and Rhodes 3. Sometimes, uh, this is something where you just need to let it happen. Yep. You know, um, Pac and Andrade, that needed to happen. Yep. You didn't need the two at the end of it. Right. You know, why was Omega Okada so good? Well, because they're two of the best people in the world there. And it wasn't New Japan going, oh, yeah, this is uh, Omega Okada 3 or 2 or 4. They just happened naturally. Yep. At a level that is so natural that I don't think grass grows that naturally. <laughs> Starting to get some Ultimate Warrior promo going on here. But it that very minor detail. But it did does bother me that they were. Oh, here's the third one. Why don't you just? Why don't we just? This is their next fight and let the fans go yo it's black and roads three just let it happen
1: right you don't have to name it ahead of time i agree 100 percent.
0: so this was a decent match this was
1: good um
0: obviously um cody finally got the w over
2: you know over black and i know the crowd was not too happy
1: nope <laughs> it was literally one two three the crowd goes boo
2: The biggest,
0: I think the biggest problem isn't so much this feud. Every Cody feud ends the same way. He gets the last win.
2: Yep.
0: He gets the last, he's the one on top, and then it's like, oh, okay.
1: Cool. He can never win the championship, but he's going to win every feud he's in. And it's weird
0: because he's not in too often. He only comes in when they bring in new big talent right now. Right.
1: And Malachi Black did not deserve the loss. He should have beaten. This should have been over after two. Mm-hmm. Should have been over after two. The 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 Arne and Cody thing was cool afterwards with Arn being like, I'm not going to deal with the loser. That's fine. Have him, like, if you were going to have a Cody Malachi 3, this should have been that next year's double or nothing. Cody should have had to earn his way back to having a shot at Malachi.
2: Yeah, and this is a difference between... And, I mean, what's the time frame on this? What would we, end of July? For the first one?
1: Or was it think, uh, August. Yeah, they, it was in the summer. I don't remember exactly what, what month yeah. it was. No, in, July
0: yeah. he debuted because it was, I think, the last week of July I was housed. No, oh, first week of July. I don't remember. So July, August. So you're looking at July. So August, September, October. So three months, okay.
2: Sometimes, I don't know. You look at something like. Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. Okay. debuted back in September. Mm-hmm. Get it all out. We got his first match uh, a couple weeks later with Kenny. Yep.
0: Kenny keeps saying there will be no rematch. There will be no
2: rematch out of fizzle, you know, we don't need a rematch. It's fizzled away just enough. Where you almost forget about it. Yep. It's still there, though. It's in the back of your brain. It's
0: flickering. Yeah. They let it flicker. Brian Danielson is having all these other matches in the tournament match. Obviously, Hangman Page is going to, you know, going up against Kenny. So
2: that's going on. So you almost forget.
1: You almost forget that's going on. The best thing about that is they don't need to fight for the title. We just want to see who wins this match.
2: How would you feel if this was another draw?
1: It would have to be a 60 minute draw. Another 30-minute draw wouldn't do anything for me. A 60-minute draw would be, I think, a great way to do it.
0: And then you end it with a no, no time limit, best two no out of limit. three?
1: Like, like, yeah, best two out of three. God, that'd be a whole pay-per-view just for that. F- oh, man, you and I,
0: Scott, we have a booking to do.
1: <laughs> wow. literally have three hours of Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega wrestling.
0: But keep in mind, I know people are like, oh, you know, the Bucks, this, you know, Kenny, that they both both of those teams. First of all, they are responsible for making this company a thing. Yes. The first year, at least. They were kind of in the in the back. They were kind Which of like
1: where they should have been. And that's mm-hmm. fine.
0: You know, Kenny, Kenny was on a losing streak for a while. I, I know. I loved that.
1: Actually, I thought that was fantastic.
0: You no, know, people there were people out there who were like, oh, I don't I don't I don't. I don't know why Kenny, people getting into wrestling. I don't know why Kenny Omega is so great. This and that go. Right. Wait. And now we're getting it. Yeah. So. <sighs> I forgot what's going with this, but. Compared to this ending. I don't. I don't know where I feel about it. Mostly because it's almost predictable every single time.
1: Yeah. And I think that's why the crowd is so negative towards him now, because we all know how this is going to finish. This is essentially, he's getting the triple H finish and he's wants to be nothing like it, but yet he destroys the, 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 um, the throne with a sledgehammer. And, you know, it's just, he, I like Cody Rhodes. Don't get me wrong, but in a wrestling ring, At this point, you know he's going to win somehow, somewhere during his feuds. The only reason why he's not uh, AEW Heavyweight Champion champion is because he lost that match, which I was honestly surprised that that ever happened. I'm still waiting for a way for him to find his way into the title picture. Yeah, still waiting for it because I know eventually it's going to happen.
0: What I do like, though, is I do like how the – Despite them having all the titles, the Bucks and Omega, and now Adam Cole, baby, um, they're surrounding themselves with the younger talent. So we're gonna True. feud with these guys. Yeah, we're gonna be, we're gonna be the dominant team that nobody wants to, you know, we to deal with them again. But look what they're doing to Jungle Boy. Yeah. Um, look what they're doing with. Oh, who else have they feuded with recently? Mostly Jungle Boy, actually. Now I think about it.
1: Yeah, I mean they've kind of done a little bit with um Lucha Brothers, but they're not exactly super young. So um trying to think of some of the other people that they've really been involved with. Adam Page, yes. he's technically still he's technically real still young, mm-hmm. I believe. Now he's my age, but I mean he's the one no, of the that's still young. For yeah. For me, that's still young.
0: <laughs> so let's look at it like that. I mean, all of their all of their homegrown talent. And I know Hangman, all of these guys came from somewhere. Right. But let's look at Hangman. You look at Jungle Boy. You look at Darby Allen. You look at MJF. And I was that the pillar? I feel like there might have been one other. I know there's four pillars. I don't think Hangman was in that one. I have no. to look at the shirt. But let's look at those four people. They are all in major storylines all the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're always in the pit. Unless they're out for whatever reason. I mean, okay, MJF. He's kind of feuding with Darby, and even though Darby wasn't there this week, Sting came out first and foremost. Sting could arguably be one of the best non WWE wrestlers to exist. Correct. And you get one of the best future heels to you know
1: with each other now. I wouldn't even say future at this point. Like I think legitimately, if you look across the board, I think he is the biggest heel in all of professional wrestling and sports entertainment.
0: No, hands down, hands down. But like he's what he's, you know, he's still very very young. Oh yeah. He's not even 25. I like, know. Like he's doing wonderful things, but they're putting them with these story like the one sickening thing like in the best way possible with MJF is that he gets over the people you don't want him to. Yeah. And it gives him It not only gives him the fuel and the fire, kind of going back to Deanna. That's what Deanna should have got with Mickey James. Not only gives him the fire, it doesn't give him the, but it also, it gives him that. It it gives him an edge. It gives him just, you know, we're we're investing in you. We want to work with you. Yeah. It was kind of like,
2: who did it this week? Was it CM Punk when Anthony Green? No, it was Dante Martin and Malachi. There's a good
0: example. Last yeah. week, sorry, last week. Okay. When Malachi Black looked back and like nodded. Good nod, yeah. Y- y- it's, it's, it's the... They're really building the foundation. You know, they're trying to... and you, Again, we'll go over this. Everyone's like, oh, it's WCW all over again. Yeah, maybe there's some, but also WCW didn't have WCW to kind of look at and go, we shouldn't do that. Right. And even their big stars. They don't really have many big stars, I guess they do, but they don't like, right. You do have CM Punk. You do have Daniel Bryan. um, The elite, they weren't even part of WWE. Correct. That's a big thing I need that needs to be looked at. They are investing in younger talent. They are allowing themselves to go to the independency and that's a big, and they're not doing a million house shows a year. So right. I think there's a lot here that, that we can take from. Are there flaws? Yes, there are flaws. We can talk about those flaws. Uh, too. Of course there are. Yeah. But going back to this, I don't understand. Even Malachi, who is, I guess, a in a sense, a younger talent.
1: Mm-hmm. But I,
0: is he even younger? Is he older? He might be even be older than mm-hmm. Cody.
1: I don't know. It's the, it's the beard. It makes him look a little older. But I think he's probably in his 30s. Yeah, Cody Rhodes is 36. Malachi Black
2: is 36. They're the same age. I don't know. It's It was a weird... I can't say no resolution. What do you do now?
1: Between what? Like Cody and Malachi?
0: Yeah, I know they already have plans set for Malachi, it looks like, with Andrade. Yeah. And this is another thing I think with Cody's feuds is most of the time they just fizzle out.
1: I, I think this was the end. Um, I, I think the way... At least from what I've seen AEW likes to do Is after three they're done So Cody gets his win And now Malachi will continue I'm assuming with whatever's going on with Andrade Cody now Don't know And I don't think the crowd really cares At this point unfortunately Yeah Yeah it's funny because he's like, I'm not going to turn heel because the crowd is booing me. No, no, that's exactly why you turn heel, because the crowd is booing you. So then you work off of that. Now, if it's go away heat, that's a different story, which I kind of feel like this is turning into. He's getting close to that X-Pac heat going.
0: Yeah, I. it's weird. And I can't, again, like you said, love Cody. He's great. He's talented. I think this is where his ego is starting to show a little bit.
1: Unfortunately
0: But Scott, I'll be in Boston next week
1: I know, Sam I know I won't be So, <laughs>
0: um, I might have seen more Dynamite shows at that point Than I have Raw and Smackdown shows No, wait a minute 1, 2 I might have gone 2 and 2
1: on Smackdown and Raw I've actually never been to a Smackdown show The one time I was going to go was cancelled Because of a blizzard
0: uh, I went so I went to... So Providence is a pretty significant location for wrestling.
1: It is. I actually did see the WWE is coming back to Providence. I don't know if you noticed that.
0: Yeah, I don't know I want to go. It's Raw, so I'm like... Um, uh, <laughs> unless they're handing out tickets
2: like candy.
1: That's not WCW. They're going to make you pay for it.
2: Um, so... The first Raw I went to, the very first wrestling event I went to, it was...
0: When the GMs were announced Ooh. for the draft, that was when Daniel Bryan came back. Yep. The place exploded. Oh, yeah. The next time I was there, or at least for SmackDown, and I, again, I might be one or two for each. I can't remember, but this—so that was very memorable. I also had a chance to go to the Raw where um, Roman Reigns made the announcement of his leukemia.
1: Which was just three years ago already, which is absolutely insane. That's I was
0: long. at the mall, the Providence Place Mall, right next door to the venue. For those of you who don't know Providence, the mall is right next to the Civic Center or the yep. Dunk or whatever you want to call it. I call it the Civic Center. It's been calling for 20 what years. 20 years to that. be called, yeah. Um, I remember being in the building and, you know, and all of a sudden my friends who were there texted me and go, Sam, uh, this just happened. I'm like, And I was kicking myself because I'm like, that was a moment. But not only was it a moment, one of my friends, close friends, actually became – was in a promo. Was in a shot for a promo for the next, like, handful of – we were waiting for him to go to Mania. He's like, dude, we need to just take this to Mania. (laughs) Pay-per-views. If – I'm going to show this photo. If you guys are watching YouTube,
2: you guys will know this face. Where are you? I need to share it because it was one of the cool
0: because he was talking to the camera guy. And he goes, oh, just make, you know, he's telling him, oh, yeah, we're doing this, this and this, you know, look like surprised.
2: And.
0: Sorry, I'm looking for this. I really need to share this before we get off (laughs) like
2: this was just. (laughs) This was a cool, cool, cool. Moment. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Alex, where did you put it? I come across this photo I'm going to share with you, Scott. I'll share it with you guys, too. Um, oh, yeah. So the SmackDown I went to, going to SmackDown quickly, it was the go-home
0: show for SummerSlam.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was when Baron Corbin cashed in the money in the bank.
1: And lost. Huh. Jesus Christ.
0: I will never forget. Like, I remember I was with my ex-girlfriend and my friend John and the the moment baron runs in with the briefcase the it didn't matter if you like baron or not this is one of those once in a lifetime events you don't get to see a cash in often it's once right. a year yep and it's a special moment and that's the way i took it i go i'm about to see a cash in from money in the bank this is going to be cool and my ex was like i don't what's going on i'm like live in the moment live in the moment but, guys, thank you so much for listening. We're Above the Ring, as always. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Above the Ring. Do not forget to follow Ship It Studios, our parent and partnership team member. They have our website, shipitstudios.com. They're on Twitter as well, YouTube, Facebook, et cetera. We have some friends who we've been doing a couple of podcasts with. Back to the Ring, Mr. Zach and the Riddler. Make sure you check them out at Back to the Ring. They take your favorite matches of old time's sake and bring a new talent. You know, very famous talent. You know, this couple we've done. Check those out. We are on all streaming platforms. Just make sure if you can't find us on one, let us know. We will put ourselves on there. On your streaming platform and mobile device. Please make sure you like, share, subscribe. Leave a comment. Leave a review. Tell people why above the ring and ship it Studios is the podcast of your choosing and why you should listen to us as well. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to ship it. And as always, do not forget to join the Bedlam.